This is episode 246, Breakthrough Intimacy Blocks with Jasmine. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I hope that you had a beautiful long weekend. Those of you who are in the U.S. celebrating weekends, and I just hope wherever you are, you're in a place of feeling acceptance for where you are. I think during this highly transformative time, and I hope that you've been catching up with me through Instagram. I've been doing several lives about what I feel is going on in the world and how we are being called forward to move through it with not necessarily less fear, but move through it with processing our fear, learning from our fear, and not letting our fear either program or paralyze us. To really understand that there's more than just the virus and the pandemic going on, that there really is an interplay of light and dark going on. And to pray to see the truth, to pray to stay in love, to stay in the light, And again, to have the truth revealed in a way so that more and more of us can really know how to move forward during this time. So make sure to follow me on Instagram if you're not already there. More lives and more posts about it. I've been staying kind of unopinionated (laughs) about the whole situation for a while because I needed time to to process it all. And because I, I also wanted time to allow a lot of the, I don't want to say dust to settle, but you know, after three months of being in this, I think we're starting to, to see more clearly. And those of us that identify as awake and anyone who listens to the show, you identify as being awake. I just encourage you to do a little digging on your own, not traditional media digging, but one place that I look to a lot is the London Real podcast. Um, he's had some great interviews on there lately. Listen to his interview with Dr. Sherry. Listen to his interview with Dr. Judy. I listened to his interview with, uh, I can't remember which Kennedy it is. So many Kennedys. <laughs> um, but you'll see, I, probably it's Robert. And about his his opinion on vaccines and, and just start to listen. And as you're listening to not the mainstream media, but some other sources, really feel into what, what feels true for you. So now let's talk about today's episode. This is another juicy one. And so much of what comes up for Jasmine today, of course, goes back to her childhood, like so many episodes on this show, which is why I hope if you haven't registered yet, you join me and my husband for our inner child workshop that we are teaching June 5th through 7th virtually from anywhere in the world. And if you can't make it live, that's okay. You can get access to the recording. The recording will be accessible for 30 days. So it'll be available until about July 7th. We are so excited about this workshop. One of the main reasons that we wanted to teach it is because part of what makes it hard to respond with truth and clarity and love during trying times like this is our inner child is activated. Our old wounding, our old patterns, our old misunderstandings, they're all activated. And 
when our inner child is activated and when we don't have a good parent-child relationship with our own inner child, then we tend to be more programmable. We tend to make decisions more from fear. So this is an important workshop because I think it's incredibly essential for every individual to heal their inner child and to do work around it, but even more important at this time because when we don't do work around the inner child, then we basically make decisions unconsciously from not our adult self, but from our childhood self. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that you want a bunch of adults running the world and making decisions from their five-year-old, their eight-year-old, their 12-year-old, so on and so forth. Like I have a theory that a lot of people in very powerful positions that don't use the power always for good is because they have a wounded inner child, an inner child who was maybe teased or bullied, an inner child that was told they were never good enough by their parents. And so their whole life becomes this pursuit of chasing power, of chasing getting people to know them and to like them and getting back at people. There's almost like a a revengefulness that happens unconsciously or even sometimes consciously. And a wounded inner child can make for a very successful person outwardly in terms of power or money or prestige. But if we measure success by the healthy impact a person is having and we measure power as someone who empowers other, then a lot of the people in powerful positions really aren't that successful if we measure success by the latter definition. So I want to empower more of you to have a healthy relationship with your inner child so that you can be in more leadership positions, whether that's in your family, your business, your society, your tribe, wherever it is. So please join us. It's very cost efficient. If money really, really is an issue for you, then you can email jill at christinehausler.com. We don't want money to be a block to be doing this workshop. Again, christinehassler.com slash inner child. Watch the video, read the copy. All the information is there. I really, really hope you join us. And I'm teaching it with my husband, Steph. He's an incredible facilitator coach. He's great with working with trauma. He's going to be guiding you through breath work. And we're really going to be holding this healthy masculine energy mom and dad space for you. We're real excited about it. So our guest today, Jasmine, she calls in wondering why she has these strained relationships with her boyfriend and her sister and why she sabotaged a recent work experience. But what it comes down to is really her issues around control and fear of intimacy. So as you are listening to this call, I would love you to consider, do you have a habit of pushing people away? What about giving too much advice to certain people? Do you remember as a child having a lot of affection, being hugged and and really just feeling safe and nurtured in your home? Or did you remember feeling kind of alone? And do you often sabotage an opportunity or relationship, professional or personal, even if it's something deep down you really want? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Jasmine. Jasmine, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thank you. I have a couple of things that I wanted to bring up and I just I wasn't sure if they're separate or intertwined, so I just thought I'd mention them. So, mm-hmm. well, a few of the things I'm trying to work on are, one, my relationship with my sister, my relationship with my boyfriend. It's just I have a difficult time connecting with them and being more vulnerable with them and then letting them in. And then another thing that I'm kind of not sure 
is that I want to start my own business. And I invested in a coaching program, which I thought would help me kind of get out of my comfort zone. But when it came down to actually putting myself out there, even when some of the girls in the program wanted to work with me and they were willing to pay me, I kind of just withdrew and shut down. and I didn't Mm -hmm. want to do it anymore. Okay. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering if you have any advice or insight on that. So, okay. Let's, let's take these as two separate things. So what specifically Mm -hmm. is the issue with your sister and your boyfriend? Well, with my sister, we used to have kind of, we're five years apart and we used to have more of a mother daughter relationship when we were growing up. I was kind of trying to be her mom and always trying to kind of tell her what to do. And she didn't really like that. As we got older, we've brought that up and I've, and I've, we're trying to have more of a sister-sister relationship, mm-hmm. but I still find it a little bit difficult to get out of that role that we had in the past and be her sister. Like, I just, I don't really know how to be her friend and it's just something we've been working on. So how does that show up? So you boss her around, you give her too much opinions. Like, how does it? Yeah. She just feels like she can't come to me for things because I start telling her what she should be doing or okay what she could be doing and it she shuts down. Okay. And what's the problem with your boyfriend? With him, I just have trouble letting him in. Like he is a little bit more like he wants to be holding me throughout the day and hugging me and like just loving me. And I kind of just shut down. It makes me feel really anxious when he Mm -hmm. does that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay with us cuddling at nighttime when we're just kind of winding down. But when it comes like during the day, if he comes close to me, I just like, I withdraw completely and Mm -hmm. it makes him feel like, like I don't love him. Is it when he comes to you when you're in the middle of something or when you're doing something? Is that when it bothers you the most? Yeah. Just like when he gets home from work and I'm still working and Mm -hmm. he wants to just he wants like 15 minutes and I'm just like, I'm busy. Like right now I'm working on something or he mm-hmm. just, I'm washing the dishes and he wants to come hug me. And mm-hmm. I'm just, and I just freak, I, I, I tell him, I kind of freak out. Like I feel really anxious. Like mm-hmm. I get goosebumps and I'm just like, I withdraw and I've been trying to work on it because mm-hmm. I'm aware that I do it now, but mm-hmm. I still kind of push him away and mm-hmm. it makes him feel like, why don't you want me near you? Okay. Okay. Got it, my love. So I'm not sure if we'll get to the coaching program thing, but I have a feeling the two are intertwined, but this, these issues are more important to work on. So Mm -hmm. what this is showing up as is a control issue. Mm -hmm. Now there's deeper layers to that, but when I say a control issue, what do you think I mean by that? Um, like I just want things done when I want them Yeah. or I want them done a certain way. Yeah. And do you, do you see that about yourself? Mm, honestly, I don't. Not, not really. Okay. Well, I'm sure if I was talking to your sister and boyfriend, they would agree mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> Probably. So, but it's really not that, Jasmine. Mm-hmm. It's more that you're so terrified of being out of control. You're so terrified mm-hmm. of being hurt. You're so terrified of letting someone in and getting hurt or losing them, that you protect yourself with controlling behavior. I don't think a controlling person is your essence. I think it's a protective pattern. So what happened in your life that made you on some level fear intimacy? Because another way that we avoid intimacy is putting ourselves in an expert position. 
giving advice Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than really just being vulnerable and being with a person because advice giving gives us a sense of control. And I know that Mm -hmm. I have to, not so much anymore, but especially when I first started coaching and after I got better at it, I had to be careful not to go into the advice giving role in my close relationships because it gave me a false sense of control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that resonates. So let me go back to the question that I asked about what happened that made you on some level fear intimacy? I think it was a relationship with my mom when I was smaller. She wasn't really, we didn't really ever hold each other or, yeah, I just like had to be careful when sometimes she was just in a bad mood and Mm -hmm. I just wasn't sure when I was allowed to hug her or when she would want to hug me. So I just, I just didn't do it unless she came to me. Mm. Mm. Um, But even then I would kind of push her away because it was only when she wanted to come close to me. Mm -hmm. With my dad, I wasn't really, he was, my parents divorced when I was five. So I would see him infrequently and I didn't really have the same issue with him, but he was a little more standoffish. I mean, because we only saw each other once or twice a year, there would be a lot more connection. Yeah. I I yeah. don't think, I didn't really see any intimacy growing up Yeah, between my parents or with my, my mom's new, like my stepdad. What did you see between your parents? Um, I saw my mom being controlling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did you see your mom being controlling? We would just tell her partner what to do and she would get mad if they didn't do it. <laughs> It had to be done when she asked them to do it mm-hmm. uh, with me to like clean your room and like clean it right now. It wasn't like have it done by a certain time. It was just whenever she wanted it done, we had to just kind of drop everything mm-hmm. and do what she was asking for. Yeah. So have you ever heard of an avoidant attachment style? I have heard of it. Okay. So I would maybe suggest Googling it and doing a little mm-hmm. reading about it because Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that you have that. And it's not like Mm -hmm. a diagnosis or anything like that. It's just a way to understand ourselves more psychologically. Mm -hmm. And it usually happens when we have an emotionally unavailable parent. Mm -hmm. And so the avoidant attachment style in adults usually – what happens is as a child, since like, think about it, you sort of were doing to your mother what your boyfriend's doing now. You wanted mm-hmm. her to hold you and cuddle you and be affectionate, but she'd pull away and you'd get rejected. So mm-hmm. you, instead of continuing to do that and face more rejection, you've adopted that withdrawal style. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're busy and you're focused and you're in your day and you're feeling in control. When it's on your terms like at night Mm -hmm. cuddling, then it feels okay because you have control and it feels safer. But when it comes up unexpectedly, it throws you off because Mm -hmm. you feel safest when you're in control. And you had to kind of go into over-controlling because you didn't have a lot of the nurturing that's so important to make us feel safe. You didn't have nurturing Mm -hmm. and intimacy that made you feel safe. Therefore, the only way for you to feel safe is to control and be in your head. Yeah. So what's coming up for you as I say this? I, I just felt like this is like all of this I knew before, like maybe a couple of years ago. 
and I've been working on on doing it and I guess I still had like blinders on mm-hmm. when it came to that my my these two important relationships to me yeah um, what do you think you weren't seeing in these two relationships that you're starting to see now I thought I was already letting them in and they were seeing it and I was just frustrated that I was like I, I'm already trying all these things I feel like I'm being vulnerable I'm doing the work I'm slowing down I let go of things that don't really matter like the room being cleaned a certain way and that's where I thought my control issues were like I liked it a certain way and I'm mm-hmm. like okay it's fine mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. and with this I just thought I was already I had already given up control well but, but I can but, see how yeah I haven't <laughs> well well let's not throw you under the bus <laughs> you've yeah. done look at how much progress you have made but I mm-hmm. think what is missing, and my husband and I are teaching an inner child workshop virtually June 5th through 7th, and it would be really, really great for you to, mm-hmm. to go back and work with little Jasmine a little bit because there's, like I said, there's the avoidant attachment style that is running here and the developing a sense of control by feeling safe. And then there's just the learned programming of watching your mom in relationships. And often we become like the person whose love we crave the most. So as a little girl, you crave mommy's love, never got it, never got it. And often we think if we become more like a person, then they'll love us more. Can you see that? So you're fighting, you're fighting programming here and you're fighting psychological development right? These attachment mm-hmm. styles that have come, that people have come up with have been a result of years of research of watching kids and adults and how all this works. So there's nothing unusual about what's going on. And because mm-hmm. it is years of programming, it just takes a little time to unravel it. Yeah. But I think you're doing a lot of the action things, right? You're caring less about the bed being made. You're trying to be more vulnerable, think where you're still, where there's still room to grow is the internal relationship out inside yourself. You're doing good at these external reactions, but probably the next level is Jasmine inside of Jasmine. So in Mm -hmm. your daily life, when you're going, 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 and you're just kind of in your head and you're doing and you're working things, how often do you check in and go, how am I feeling in this moment? What do I need? Would a hug from Mm -hmm. my boyfriend be nice? How often does a loving motherly voice come into your head during the day and check on you? Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that was a motherly voice because sometimes I do, like, if I'm having a conversation with my sister, I just, I want to hug her. And then, like, if she's going through something and and I just, but I don't, I don't do it. It feels mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you didn't have that modeled for you. But let me, I want to mm-hmm. ask the question again. How often? Do you speak motherly to yourself? I don't really check in regularly. Yeah. Well, that would be what I would suggest adding because you're Mm -hmm. doing so well already with all Mm -hmm. the ways that you're shifting and all the ways that you're starting to let people in. But there's a part that's so afraid of rejection. And this ties into your second question about the withdrawing from the coaching program. My Mm -hmm. suspicion, and I definitely could be wrong, is mm-hmm. that there's a deep, deep, deep fear of rejection. And that's very common with the common with the avoidant attachment style. 
It's better just be in control, be on my own than risk rejection. And so instead of like putting yourself in a spot where you're working with these other women and, you know, potentially developing something, there's a risk of rejection. So Mm -hmm. it was easier just to pull out than risk that. Yeah. Can you see that? Yes. Clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the, the answer to this lies in compassion, massive, Mm -hmm. massive, massive, massive compassion for, for yourself, for Mm -hmm. little you, for grown up you, for all of that. Because the other thing that's very common with the avoidant attachment style is a very, very fierce inner critic, very judgmental of others, but even harder on ourselves. Yes. Yes. That's something I'm working on, on doing, but I, I definitely have, I do catch myself and I'm fully aware that I, I am talking to myself that way. Um, and that I, I have, I have been working on. So just make sure Jasmine, because the Mm -hmm. other thing that I'm a little concerned about with you is Mm -hmm. that your come from and working on yourself is not from unconditional love. It's a little more from judgment. It's a little more from, I need to change all these things about myself. So I have a better relationship with my sister, with my boyfriend, so I can, you know, have the job I want. Um, and, and in that there's, well, let me ask you, can you see how oftentimes your motivation for personal development has been a little bit from a judgmental place? Yes. Okay. And how do you think that's impacting your ability to really shift? Um, I'm resistant to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to be motivated if someone's already kicking you. Mm -hmm. Imagine that I spent this whole call telling you all the things you were doing wrong and then said, okay, well, let me give you a piece of advice to see if you can fix it. I mean, maybe you'd feel Mm -hmm. motivated for a second because I had just told you all these things that were terrible about you and you were like, oh God, I need to fix these. But can you see how the come from from that would be from such a place of self-defeat? Yes. So how do you think you can start moving through some of these things with a little more self-acceptance and a little more self-love? Well, I make, I've been making time for just like slowing down and journaling mm-hmm. and um, that feels really good. Good. Um, taking a longer warm shower. I've been trying to find ways to just tune in. And be with myself, mm-hmm. regardless of what I got done for the day mm-hmm. or what I didn't get done for the day, instead of putting it on the back burner as a knife to have. Mm-hmm. And that's been working really well for me. Okay, great. So see, can, can you see how much progress you've been making? Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's the, again, let me give you some tips in terms of how you can start to add some things in. So mm-hmm. part of vulnerability is calling ourselves out when we're in a trigger. So for example, let's say that you're having a conversation with your sister and you notice yourself going into advice giving. In the moment, mm-hmm. you go, oh my goodness, I apologize. I'm going into advice giving right now. What do you really need from me? Can I give you a hug? 
Like start catching yourself and act not in a shameful way, not in mm-hmm. a guilty over apologetic way, but just like, oh, whatever your sister's name is, Jennifer. I know I'm in, into advice giving. I'm sorry. What do you need? Can I give you a hug? I'm here to listen. Yeah. And with boyfriend, when he comes up, and he hugs you in the middle of the day and you feel anxious and you feel that feeling in your stomach, just say to him, I'm having that feeling. Have the conversation with him before this happens. Tell him, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm really trying to work on my intimacy issue. It's not you. It's stuff from my childhood. I'm sure you've explained to him a little bit about your mother. If he's a smart guy, he'll get it. And just say, so when I'm having that feeling, instead of withdrawing, I'm just going to say I'm having that feeling. And just see if he'll just stay with you. And together, you guys just take three deep breaths. And while you're breathing, I want you just to say, I'm safe. That was then. This is now. So repeat it with me. I'm safe. I'm safe. That was then. That was then. This is now. This is now. Because part of what's happening with your personal development is you're spending a lot of time on the practice field, but you're never getting into the game. And what I mean by that is you're doing the journaling and the processing, you're having this awareness, but when you're having the in the moment triggers, that's mm-hmm. where the game happens. That's when everything that you practice comes into play. And so with your sister, with your boyfriend, instead of going back into old patterns and then apologizing and beating yourself up later, I want you to try to integrate some of this and apologize in the moment not that you did anything wrong, but just taking responsibility for going into old patterns with sister and with boyfriend when you start to feel the anxious feelings, I'm having that feeling. And then you guys just take three to five deep breaths together and you repeat those words. I'm safe. That was then. This is now. Okay. And yeah, that's as, really helpful. as you move through it, you can say something like, it's safe to let love in. It's safe to let love in. And it will may take a little while because there's a little girl in there who has a body memory of going up and hugging mom and getting rejected. So when that physical Mm -hmm. touch comes in, it's like your whole body contracts. It's just a body memory. So you've got to give your body a new reference point. Be gentle with it. Be patient with it. Way, way, way less self-criticism. Yeah. Does this help? Yes, a lot. (laughs) I I just... Yeah, it's easier when someone looks from outside because <laughs> inside I get stuck on just reading another book and right. <laughs> still and still being stuck. Right, right, right. And oftentimes, the, you know, the answers books are great, but oftentimes the the shifts are in experiential things, are in conversations like this. Like I said, the inner childhood workshop would be very helpful with you. It's in those mm-hmm. in the moment things with your sister and with your boyfriend, that's how you start to integrate things. You got this. You're making awesome progress. Just don't be so hard on yourself. I know that's, that's not often easy to do, but you know, it's, you're learning how to reparent yourself in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. This was really helpful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. So I acknowledge and thank Jasmine for her honesty and her vulnerability. She knew a lot coming into the call. She knew a lot about herself. She knew a lot about her past. And sometimes it's hard to receive coaching when you've already figured a lot out. But she really was able to get to a deeper level and the next layer in so many ways. So thank you, Jasmine. Let's break down this call a little bit. So as you heard, she had two relationships that she wanted to talk about. Her relationship with her sister, 
and her relationship with her boyfriend. And it's interesting because as we learned in both those relationships, she was both playing out her issues with her mother and she was becoming her mother in a lot of ways. So in this relationship with her sister, there are two things that were going on. Well, one, I have a feeling that she learned how to love through her mother and she saw her mother controlling her husband. She probably was controlled a lot by her mother, be told what to do, what you should do, what you can do, what you could do, what you need to do, all those kinds of things. And so unconsciously as a kid, she learned, oh, how I love other people is I tell them what to do. And she's internalized this a lot as well. She probably is hard on herself. She tells herself what she should do, which has been good for her personal growth. She's done her journaling, she's done her work, and she's really processed a lot of things because she's got that inner voice. It's like, you need to do this. You should do this. You could, you can do this, but it's not a very loving voice. And a big reason why the voice isn't that loving is because of her avoidant attachment style and her issues with control, which I'll come back to a little bit later. I want to touch on the boyfriend. So we've got sister where we've got this kind of controlling, I'm going to tell you what to do relationship. And then we've got this hot, cold relationship with boyfriend where she wants to let him in, but she just can't at times. When, when it comes at a time when she doesn't choose it, the affection or the intimacy, she pushes it away. Now, when it's on her terms, then she's fine with it. But I think even then she has trouble letting it in. And we didn't touch on this because I only wanted to dig so much in the short time that I had with Jasmine but my guess is this shows up in her sex life as well. And that's going to be true for any of you that have intimacy, emotional intimacy issues or control issues. You're going to have a hard time really letting in and letting go during sex. So you're either going to have a hard time really allowing the love and maybe physically you can have the joy and have the good feelings, but really allowing someone emotional in may be hard and then really letting go. A lot of times we have issues with control. We have trouble letting go, letting trouble receiving pleasure, trouble getting to orgasm because there's this contraction and this fear of, well, if I really let go and I really let somebody in, I'm going to lose myself and that's going to feel really scary. So for Jasmine, she's just really so scared of being out of control. And this is a compensatory strategy. And I talk about compensatory strategies in my book, Expectation Hangover. And I have a free download for you. If you want to read more about compensatory strategies, just go to christinehasler.com slash CS, C as in compensatory, S as in strategy. And you can download the excerpt on compensatory strategies when I talk about how they originate and all the different kinds of them. Control is definitely one of them. And so during a time when we feel out of control or we feel even too controlled, we'll develop the compensatory strategy of I have to be in control of everything to protect myself, to avoid any intimacy. So I think she has a little bit of that. And when I even asked her, what happened in your life that made you avoid intimacy? Well, I mean, could it be more clear how this is all playing out? She had this relationship with her mom. We'll go over this again. She had this relationship with her mom. Her mom wasn't affectionate. She didn't hold her. She couldn't go to her mom for affection. She never knew when her mom was going to come to her. She had to be careful of her bad moods. So she really had to control herself. She had to control her own emotions, her own need for nurturing and intimacy. And Anytime she would kind of get close to her mom, her mom wouldn't even push her away. So we can see how all this develops. And then we have the divorce at age five and a dad who really kind of just wasn't around. So 
She has, I would suspect, and again, I'm not in the business of diagnosing people, but it sounds a lot like there's an avoidant attachment style. And if you want to learn a little bit more about attachment styles, I highly recommend you go back and listen to my Coach's Corner episode on attachment styles with Elaine Bader. We'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can go back and either listen or re-listen. Also, we are going to be teaching on attachment styles in the inner child workshop. So yet another reason to join us. But basically an attachment style develops based on our early experience with relationships. And in the avoidant attachment style, we avoid or fear emotional intimacy because usually we had a parent that was aloof or emotionally removed or not affectionate or rejecting or just not attuned to the child's emotional needs. So maybe they could provide food and shelter, sometimes maybe not even that, but children need affection and nurture as well. So a lot of times when a child doesn't have that, even if they have food and shelter, if they don't have the emotional availability, the nurture, the affection, they can develop that avoidant attachment styles. So as an adult, how this can show up is you may be extremely independent, very self-directed, controlling, often uncomfortable with intimacy. Now, avoidant attachment people also often get the rap of being commitment phobes. And I wouldn't label them as that. I would say they have difficulty with commitment. Some are downright scared of commitment and won't do it at all, but it's more that they have difficulty with it and either rationalize themselves out of deep intimacy or relationship or have certain complaints when they're in relationship. And Jasmine would fit that in her personal life with her boyfriend, but she also has just avoiding things altogether in her work life. So if we look at her relationship, that feeling of feeling like she didn't use the word, but that's what it felt like to me, kind of suffocated by her boyfriend when he comes and touches her at times that she doesn't want him to touch her. That's very indicative of an avoidant attachment style. It's like, Ooh, you're smothering me. You're crowding me. Get, get away. I don't, I don't like this. Okay. And then we've got the work example where she was approached to do some work with some other coaches and she said, no, well, really she sabotaged it. And that's just avoiding the commitment altogether. So you can see how this all plays out. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how you heal and avoid an attachment style. And again, we're going to go more into this in the inner child workshop, but a little bit that I gave Jasmine here is she's great with the external action things, but the work is really inside of her. Finding that motherly voice, reparenting herself. Again, things we're going to teach you in the inner child workshop, coming from a place of love, not just judgment, questioning, questioning her stories, you know, really questioning the beliefs that she has and grounding herself in the present moment. This is a big thing. I said to her, really practicing that was then, this is now, I'm here now, coming into the present moment with breath. Breath work is really, really great for people that have an avoidant attachment style. So doing breath work and getting off the practice field and being in the game, really meaning speaking about what's coming up for her in the moment. So when she's with her sister and she wants to give advice, it's noticing that feeling in her body, saying, I'm feeling this feeling of wanting to give you advice and I'm sorry, I'm going to stop and I'm just going to listen. When her boyfriend comes up to hug her, just noticing, oh, I'm feeling that tenseness in my body and just breathe into it, naming it. Really, that helps avoid an attachment style. People get back in the body. It also helps those of us who have issues with control 
start to let go a little bit more easily because when we can speak to what's happening in the body, instead of running from it and putting down that barrier and wall to intimacy, we can name it and be in the body because intimacy happens in the present moment. So the more we're present, the more we can have intimacy. So some other takeaways for you, definitely join us for inner child, christinehasler.com slash inner child. If you want to learn more about those compensatory strategies I spoke to you about, go to christinehasler.com slash CS. Be patient with yourself and your growth. Practice naming your feelings and saying to yourself, I am safe. That was then. And this is now. And be sure and go back and listen to that coach's corner on attachment styles that will be linked for you in the show notes. Please, if this was helpful to you, share it, tag me, spread the love. I'm sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.